You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. everyone. Welcome to Campus Beat. It is now five o'clock here at CFRC 101.9 FM. And we are in studio today with Chloe Lowry, PhD student in neuroscience, and Caitlin Trasitter, PhD student in neuroscience as well. Welcome to the show today, uh, Chloe and Caitlin. Thank you so much, Dinah. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. This is really exciting. Uh, Chloe and Caitlin are engaged in a pretty exciting uh, project as PhD students uh, working with high school students in the community on a project and competition known as Brain Bee. Can you tell us about yourselves and uh, your roles within Brain Bee Kingston? Great. So, yes, um, I'm one of the co-chairs of the Kingston Brain Bee competition. Um, so along with Caitlin, um, we coordinate this local competition, which is open to all high school students in the community. Um, and it's a really great opportunity to try and engage them uh, in uh, neuroscience and hopefully uh, spark some interest in maybe a STEM field down the road. Yeah, so like Chloe said, I'm also one of the co-chairs for the Brain Bee. I've been one of the co-chairs for three years now. Um, it's really great to be able to go out into the community and engage with the high school students in such a fun initiative. And it's such a fun way to get them interested in neuroscience, but more generally science. Okay. Now for our listeners, many of whom are not uh, students, what is STEM? Um, so it stands for Science, Technology, uh, Engineering, and Medicine, I believe. Okay. All right. So the STEM disciplines are any uh, form of academic study or uh, um, labor that is falling within those parameters. Yes, exactly. Okay. Thank you. Sometimes people are like, well, STEM, what's that? So, all right, great. So as co-chairs, what is it that you do on a day-to-day basis with, with the Brain Bee? So our main roles are really to put together a committee of other graduate students within, so right now it's other graduate students within um, neuroscience specifically. Um, And as a committee, we kind of oversee school assignments, um, help our committee members make contact with the schools, go in for school visits. But we also specifically liaise and communicate with our student participants as well via email. Okay, fantastic. And now, uh, if we can, before we get digging in deeper about Brain Bee Kingston, can you tell us about yourselves in terms of your graduate research and what you're doing in neuroscience? That's a great question. So um, outside of sort of outreach, um, I'm doing stroke research um, within the Center for Neuroscience Studies. I previously did my bachelor's here uh, in life sciences, and then I subsequently did my master's. And so now I'm continuing on with a PhD project, um, looking at why different parts of our brain are differentially susceptible to the damaging effects of ischemia, so stroke, for example. Okay, and how about you? Yeah, so I also did my uh, bachelor's here at Queen's in Life Sciences and then a master's in neuroscience, and I'm now doing the PhD program. And so my research specifically right now is in Alzheimer's disease, and I'm looking at how the vasculature of the brain contributes to the pathology and kind of the presentation of Alzheimer's disease. Wonderful. Now, in your view, um, 
perhaps we'll start with Chloe. How does your graduate research uh, relate maybe to your interest in and participation in Brain Bee Kingston? Yeah, so I think it's really nice to get out into the community and start to see some of um, the knowledge in practice. So it's one thing to be in a lab um, and, and working in that environment, but to actually go out and sort of apply some of this stuff we've learned and definitely some uh, big concepts in neuroscience and, uh, you know, allow others to be engaged in that, whether um, you're a high school student, we've got um, other outreach programs for grade five students, for seniors uh, in the community. It's really amazing and I think it's just a nice respite from sort of the day-to-day -day grind of research. Okay, and how about you, Caitlin? Yeah, so I think it's really nice even though Brain B specifically isn't related to Alzheimer's disease. There are aspects of Alzheimer's that the students will study in preparation for the competition. Um, that's an area I know a lot about, so I can help them study that. But it's more general neuroscience, too, so it's being able to help the students learn those basic concepts and help kind of inspire that love of neuroscience that I guess I have and we share. Okay. Now, Caitlin, um, maybe you can tell us from uh, maybe reversing the, the, the question a bit, how does your work with community engagement perhaps further your, uh, the quality of your graduate experience at Queen's? So I definitely think one of the things I enjoy the most about the neuroscience graduate program is our outreach program. Um, it's really nice to kind of yeah get away from the lab and kind of immerse myself um, both socially with other graduate students, but within the community as well. Um, you know, getting to interact with these high school students or even with the other programs, um, the, the grade five students. It's really nice to kind of get out of the lab and spread what I know. And how about you, Chloe? What do you think? It's just a really enriching experience. Um, I do a lot of volunteer work in various capacities, but uh, the neuroscience outreach is something close to my heart because I want to share this love with other students and inspire them um, to hopefully want to, to pursue a, a path in science or neuroscience. Um, so it's, it's really nice to be able to uh, see things through a different lens and, and hopefully um, excite some kids and make them passionate about science. Can you can you give us a, some examples of what kinds of careers people do in practice, on, like in terms of a career path? There's quite a few things you yeah. can do with, um, I guess, a PhD in neuroscience. Um, one of the most common is academia. So, you know, becoming a professor, having your own research lab. Um, but you can also go into medicine. So you can combine a love of research with a love of like clinical practice. Mm -hmm. um, there are industry jobs available so you can work, get further into neuroscience, but from a more business perspective. Mm -hmm. um, do you have anything else um, to add? You could be a consultant. Um, there's a lot of crossover between different disciplines. Um, there's law, for example. A lot of neuro law is kind of a big up and coming. So really? combining, yeah. So neuro law. Neuro law. <laughs> so um, yeah, for example, uh, consultants who might be brought in on trials or expert um, sort of witnesses or um, yeah. Oh, to maybe determine somebody's capacity to absolutely make decisions about their life and oh okay. exactly yeah. and certain brain injuries and and the effects of. And the, those and the care that they might require exactly and... yeah, there are also jobs with health canada policy making jobs mm -hmm. um, that a neuroscience background can help with 
Okay, so it sounds like uh, plenty of enriching opportunities that also, uh, not only the PhD program you're in, but uh, participation by high school students in Brain Bee might be able to get a little bit of a taste of and exactly. a thirst for, ahead, well ahead of time, <laughs> too. But given that some students, I understand, are as young as like 13 or 14 if they're in grade 9, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so getting right into Brain Bee Kingston, what is it and who's involved within the community? Okay, so basically on its most broadest sense, it's a neuroscience-based uh, competition for high school students. So um, we give these students um, all the study materials and they sort of self-study on their own and then they come in April to Queens and then they compete against their fellow competitors um, where we sort of test their knowledge. Um, and we have a committee, as Caitlin mentioned earlier, of graduate students who uh, work with us and work with the students to help sort of facilitate this event because there's a lot of planning that goes into it. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, and so the event is open to any student enrolled um, at a high school in Kingston or kind of the surrounding Kingston areas, Napanee, Gananoque, mm -hmm. are kind of like our catch areas, I guess. Okay, so how do students uh, get involved? If they, they're they in their high school, there's lots of stuff going on. Oh, volleyball club. Or how do students want to get involved in this particular group? How do they hear about it? How do they sign up? So the best way to try and engage with students is to actually go into the high schools. Yeah. Um, and quite a few of them have been really accommodating. And they'll actually have ourselves or some of our uh, volunteers come in and speak to um, interested classes. So when you can actually talk to the, the students and tell them about this opportunity, um, it's a lot more powerful. Mm -hmm. um, but we also have a uh, pretty big social media presence. Um, we also put up flyers and, and posters within the community. We rely a lot on word of mouth as well. Mm -hmm. So past competitors, uh, we have a lot of people returning um, or Students will tell their friends or uh, parents will hear about it through the grapevine and then... Like on CFRC. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of different ways to get the word out. Um, and we're really trying hard to do that this year because we've kind of flown under the radar a bit in the past. And uh, it's such a great opportunity. We want to be able to engage as many interested students as we can. Yeah. And so one thing we also implemented this year um, is what we're calling the Brain Bee Ambassador Program. And so... Basically, that's any interested high school student who wants to help us spread the word and do recruitment at their own high school for us. We send them a t-shirt, brochures, posters, anything they need, and we just kind of let them go at it. We offer them volunteer hours because that goes towards their high school diploma. And that, I think, has been really helpful this year. Mm -hmm. And now, how do high school students learn what they need to in order to compete? And with this in mind, uh, yeah, do high schools do high schools in Kingston or area have neuroscience in their curricula? Yeah, so neuroscience specifically isn't taught in the curriculum. I do believe in grade 11 or 12 biology, you cover the nervous system, but it's very, very general. So it is something they study on top of all their regular schoolwork. So we definitely know it's a big undertaking. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, we give them all the study materials. So it's a 60, 70 page little PDF booklet that they get um, very basic neuroscience. And so they go through it, they self-study. If they have questions, they can email us. We're pretty responsive. We want to help them out. Um, but yeah, they learn it all on their own and then they come and 
in April and show us what they know. So who's contributing to this booklet and who's ultimately teaching them and giving them these tools for their uh, neuroscience tool chest? That's a great question. So the booklet is actually sent to us through the uh, national competition. So the uh, Canada Brain Bee, Mm -hmm. Um, they sort of send out this this booklet to all of the 17 different local bees across Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, And then we can then pass it on to our students. So it's actually the exact same material that somebody down in um, New Brunswick would be studying in preparation for, um, say, the... um, Dalhousie brain bee. Okay. And now you mentioned like very basic stuff they would be learning. So what kinds of things might a student expect to see when they open up said booklet? So things like basic anatomy of the brain. So the different lobes, um, the different parts, what makes up the central nervous system versus the peripheral nervous system. Um, The basics of how um, brain cells or neurons communicate with each other um, all the way to embryology so how does the brain and the nervous system develop from an embryo to a fully grown human adult yeah so it covers a lot of different concepts but more on a surface level so um, just core concepts from a number of different disciplines and of course there's a lot of information on what happens when things go wrong so Mm -hmm. neurodegenerative diseases um, stroke those sorts of things are also all covered. It sounds really fascinating. I kind of want to book myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm mildly aware that the brain actually works, let alone the nervous system, but having it broken down into um, uh, concepts and ideas uh, that are digestible for folks that especially young folks that don't know anything about this yet, but may start to develop an interest if it's... um, if the tools are provided to them in an accessible, understandable way. Exactly. Right. And our, our book is targeted for young students, so it is put into sort of a more accessible uh, manner, which is really great. Well, sometimes, yeah, back in when I was doing my PhD reading stuff and, wow, this is so complicated. The synapses are not firing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Things are shutting down. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, Well, this is great to hear that they have the tools that they need. So uh, tell us more about uh, the written and diagnostic components of the competition. Students have read their material, and then they have to engage in this particular, uh, two segments of this particular process. What happens here? Okay, so for the written competition, um, the students are sort of seated in an auditorium, and uh, questions are presented on the screen, and they're also read aloud. And then the student will have, say, 20 seconds or 30 seconds to submit their answer, um, sort of on a little index card. Okay. And then those would be then collected and scored. And so that kind of, I think there's usually about 25 or 30 questions like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, they would move on to sort of the, the patient diagnosis component. I'll let Caitlin talk about that. Yeah, so the patient diagnosis component of our local competition, we actually only started it up last year in an attempt to more closely model the way the national, the Canadian National Brain Bee um, works. And so what we do here is, again, the students are all seated, but we have a student who's our patient actor go up on stage and they read a clinical scenario. So we've given them um, a neurodegenerative disorder, for example, They read a clinical case about themselves, and the students have 45 seconds to a minute to diagnose them correctly. They write their answer down. It's collected again and scored. 
Okay. Yeah, so the first part is more general knowledge, um, could be from sort of any part of that booklet. And then the second part is really focusing in on the disease uh, portion, which I think students are very interested in. Yeah, so there's this, uh, so would they get uh, like diagrams or x-rays or here's uh, a case study, tell us what's going on with this patient in your opinion based on what you know? How does that, what does it look like? So it's really just, um, it's projected up on screen. It's just a paragraph of text. Yep, so um, a case study. Yeah, yeah, so they're given, you know, the patient's name, age, um, some background information, and then the symptoms or the presentation of the disease in this particular individual. Okay. And then they kind of use that information in order to make their diagnosis. So it's definitely asking them to take what they know and apply it to a situation that they haven't seen before. Okay, so with in this regard, with the with the diagnostic portion, upon what criteria are they evaluated? What if they get it wrong? <laughs> so um, there are a number of cases presented, mm -hmm. and then students are scored um, either correct or incorrect for each question, and then it's that score for that entire section that will then go towards. A portion of their final score in terms of deciding who uh, our top three winners are for example okay now um, how does the competition then work in terms of who moves on to the next level at the local national and international levels is it all based on scores or the quality of their responses or a little bit of both so at the local level it's just scores okay um, so the score from the uh, first part, that trivia competition combined with the score from the patient diagnosis competition. Um, the way we have it is that combined score gives us our top five winners and they move on to a championship round. So those five students and then it'll be the student with the top score after mm -hmm. the championship round okay. will move on to the national. All right. And, what, and do you have any insights about the international competition? Yes. So there are 17 local brain bees across Canada. Kingston is one of them. So um, every year in May, um, I think it's late May, uh, at McMaster University, uh, we have our Canadian national competition. So all those 17 students would come and compete amongst themselves to see who will go on to represent Canada at the international competition. Now, the international competition moves around every year. So this upcoming year, it's actually held in South Korea. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so the most wonderful thing about Brain Bee is there's no cost to participate at any of the levels. So it's totally free. So somebody might get to fly for free Absolutely. to Seoul or, or Pusan or someplace exactly. like that. Exactly. Okay. And then for our Kingston winner, we send them to McMaster for the weekend with a parent or guardian. And that's also uh, accommodations, food, everything is totally covered. So Wow, that's exciting. Yes. What a great opportunity. Well, the whole process is a great opportunity. Yeah. But yeah, boy. we definitely want to make it accessible to as many students as possible. So we don't want, you know, cost to be a barrier to participate. There's no cost ever associated with it. That's really great news and very encouraging to hear, too. Now, how are students preparing for the next competition at the local level, which I believe is in April? 
Yes. So okay. our local competition is on Saturday, April 6th. Mm-hmm. So in addition to them sort of self-studying, they may also be studying in groups. We hold two sort of Q&A sessions mm-hmm. um, over the winter months. So we've got one coming up in late February and one in late March. So what we'll do is in the evening, um, we have a lecture hall booked in Botterill Hall. The students can come for an hour and then engage with us in our committee, ask us questions. could be content questions. It could be questions about... Uh, the structure of the competition Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really an opportunity for us to sort of help them and a little bit of a checkpoint too to make sure that everybody um, is managing okay and we of course want to get any uh, confusion cleared up um, if there are tough concepts before the actual day of so okay so we know when April 6th uh, and it's going to be where will the local competition actually be held and is it open to the public So it's being held in the School of Medicine's new medical building, um, right in their atrium, their main auditorium. So on Stewart Street and Arch Street? Yes. Yes, yeah. Um, And it is open to the public. Um, As many people who want to come watch uh, as possible is better, you know, really support the kids. They worked so hard up to that point. Um, We have in the past had fairly empty um, auditoriums, and it's a little disappointing because the kids put so much effort into it. We, we really want to come out and support them. Okay. Uh, so we encourage everybody to go out and support these <laughs> young burgeoning neuroscientists who may one day contribute to saving your life. Exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so what about uh, recruitment now? Are you still looking for high school students to get involved? Yes. Yeah, so we're in the process of recruiting students still from high schools um, we're still getting some registrations sort of come in through word of mouth, um, but really there there is no deadline, so uh, if we can reach as many students as possible, that's great. Okay, fantastic. That's good news, too. And uh, ultimately, uh, just to uh, rehash as we close out the program here, where can people get more information about how to uh, register, uh, let alone how to uh, get involved period if they perhaps if they want to participate as a PhD candidate or maybe there's a faculty member who would like to assist or something are there ways for people to get involved and how would they get more information yeah so for high school students who are interested in participating the easiest way to get more information is just to google Kingston Brainbee the first three four links that pop up take you right to pages that give all the information for the competition Um, as well as take you right to the register link. It's a big button. You click it, it takes you to our registration form. Um, In terms of other students um, at Queen's or faculty who might want to get involved, um, going to the Queen's Neuroscience uh, website and our outreach page Mm -hmm. is probably the best way. That way they can get in touch with us and we can kind of facilitate that involvement. Okay, and how did you get involved? So for me, it was when I started my master's degree. Um, This has always, or for the past few years, it's been one of the neuroscience outreach program's core um, initiatives. And it just really like struck my interest when I heard about it. I was like, this sounds so cool. It would have been something I would have loved to do when I was in high school. And so I got involved and it's just so fun to go out and yeah, make the kids excited and then get to see like the fruits of their labor in the spring of each year when they come okay. and participate. 
How about you, Chloe? So I also got involved in the first year of my master's program, um, but I was just sort of on the committee. I was just a committee member, and then I guess I got promoted to to being one of the leads um, two years ago. So this is the second or third. Yes, I've been involved for a couple years, but uh, only recently have I started to take on the more uh, leadership role along with Caitlin. Okay, great. And uh, I guess final question, have you any um, advice for uh, burgeoning scholars, whether they're still in high school or perhaps still studying life sciences at the undergraduate level in terms of um, neuroscience and becoming a neuroscientist? Hmm, That's a good question. Um, I think my advice for any, yeah, I guess burgeoning scientists um, would be just do what you like, because if you like it, you're going to be passionate about it. Um, There's no sense putting time and effort into something you only kind of half care about. If you're going to do something, really kind of put your heart into it Mm -hmm. and you'll get more out of it in the end. Solid advice. Solid advice from Caitlin. And (laughs) do you have any sage wisdom as well, Chloe? Um, I would just say, uh, you know, if you don't succeed the first time, try again. It sounds really cliche, but I think grit is so important. So, you know, if, you know, you're doing what you love um, or you want to go down a certain path, you know, just stick with it. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think that's... And that is applicable to the the Kingston Brain Bee as well. So um, there's definitely some challenging topics in that study book, but uh, stick with it, and we're here to, to help our students succeed. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Chloe Lowry and Caitlin Trasitter, both PhD students in neuroscience here at Queen's University. It's been a real pleasure having you both in studio with us today. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Thank Dinah. Thank you so much. And we look forward to hearing more about the event uh, as we get closer to April and uh, certainly uh, maybe hearing about the winner Absolutely. <laughs> as well and what, hap- what happens with yes. them as they move forward too. Stay tuned. It'll be exciting. It will be <laughs> exciting. Uh, so this has been some fantastic uh, uh, learning right here about Brain Bee and the wonderful initiative that uh, these two women have taken on as PhD students here at Queen's University. Congratulations to you and good luck with the project. Thank you so Thank much. You so much.